What is up, and welcome back to episode six of Sweet Seats. We got the fellas packing out the pod today. To the left of me, I got Perillo and Bellinger. Across from me in the other booth, we got Danny Babcock running graphics and camera shots, and Lyndon on audio. How we doing, boys? Oh, we're doing great. Uh, great. I understand that, uh, Jackson, Blake, you're kind of new to the podcast. Let me just tell you three things about this podcast. really helps it work out. One, we can't have trust issues. Two, we need to keep this an unselfish environment. Three, we need, uh, we need to have a functional environment around us. Can't have it dysfunctional. I'm lying. That, 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 that's, the, that's what you got to look for in a football team. Words from Urban Meyer himself, who couldn't really uh, stay up to like, his own standard and seems if he just got fired through his first year about 12 weeks in the season. It's crazy because he was signed for five years, uh, five years, few million dollars, like 65 million, and he couldn't even make it through. He couldn't even make it through the first one, and yeah, his team is only has two wins right now, I believe, the Jags. And so either way, even if it was the trust issues or not, he's out of a job after this year just because of poor performance. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if that affects his coaching future in the NFL. I don't know if we'll get another shot after all the drama that went down there, the Ohio State drama that happened with the coaching staff there. Everywhere Urban Meyer goes, there always seems to be issues. Yeah, it's really weird. It makes you think about his character and uh, just like how like good or bad of a person he is. This is I honestly I gotta take. I think Urban Meyer was easily the worst hire maybe of all time in the NFL. Probably worse than Bobby Petrino. Probably worse than uh, than uh, Matt Nagy for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, I really don't know how the Jags didn't see this coming. You look at how we got out of Florida. He faked his well. Everyone, it's alleged that he faked health issues to get out of Florida to go to Ohio State. Did the same thing to get out of Ohio State. Gets picked up by the Jags. I mean. In two years, even if he was still there, he'd probably just do it again. So the Jags should have seen this one coming. Let's run it back to that comment, Mr. Perillo. You, you commented Matt Nagy is one of the worst coaching hires of all time. Did I, I just want to make sure I got that right. Yeah. After going, what was that, first year he was there, they went, what, 12-4, and four, had a good playoff uh, possibility <laughs> of a playoff run until, of course, um, the, double doink. the double doink. I don't want to talk about it. But uh, And then winning coach of the year, I just thought I'd – just clarify, that's the Matt Nagy you're talking about, not the... Yeah, the, the same Matt Nagy that uh, uh, paid Andy Dalton and then uh, decided... You know, to, I'd, I'd uh, argue that's, no, up, that's up with the higher-ups there in no. the Bears organization, not really <laughs> Matt Nagy. I think that's up with the, the paces, maybe. Well, it's Matt Nagy's offense, so he definitely makes the decision of uh, who plays quarterback. And then drafting Justin Fields with the Bears' first-round pick. He Great pick. First, and then decided not to start him at the start of the year because, you know, he's like... You need that veteran guy to lead you in for your first few games. Andy Dalton? Uh, veteran guy. How did that go, Lyndon? Uh, well, you see, we st- we're still developing. You know, Justin Fields... And, I, I thought Andy Dalton was a veteran. I thought he had that he's veteran still on, He's still... You know, Fields is still learning. <laughs> you know, he's still learning. They, they, but 2022, once we, get, once we get our defensive back healthy, Khalil Mack... Y'all forget Khalil Mack's out... I think our Akeem Hicks is out. We got a safety out. We'll be good next year, man. I Ain't no worries. We'll be good next year. We play the we play the Lions twice a year. We'll at get at least two season. wins. At least two wins. You're not ready for Jared Goff. He's it, next year's gonna be his vengeance season. I'm telling you. 
He's coming back. They're going to put some wide receivers around him. Draft uh, Kayvon Thibodeau with the first overall pick. And they're just going to absolutely wreck havoc with that defense line that they're building up. And then offensively, we're going to see a whole entire new offense next year with Jared Goff pushing the ball downfield. Quote him on that. I just want that. We'll come back after we graduate. We're coming back to the pod, and I'm going to hold you accountable to that statement. Mm-hmm. The Jared Goff revenge tour. What record do you think? At least, at least 10-7. and seven. I'd say eight wins is reasonable. At You're least, lucky I'm not laughing right now, Mr. At Babcock. At least 10-7. 10-7? and, seven. Ten and seven. Mm-hmm. They're going to get Swift back healthy. Jamal Williams is coming back. Offensive line stacked with first-round picks. Frank Ragnow will be healthy. The Lions are going to be a breakout team next year. Wild card spot, still developing, and then they're still going to go out and get a rookie quarterback to develop under golf. It's unbelievable he said all that with a straight <laughs> <laughs> Counterpoint, Jared Goff will not have a job in the NFL next year. You think? He's on the last year of his contract. Oh, he is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can They're see that. They're bringing him back for one year. <laughs> Minimum <laughs> deal. Jared Goff revenge tour. Minimum $900,000 deal. <laughs> yep. Jared Goff revenge tour. All right, so while we're on the topic of football, we had a great game last night, Thursday night football, AFC West matchup between the Chiefs and the Chargers went to overtime. It was a great game. What did we learn from that game? We learned that Chiefs are for real. Chargers may be for real. They might be frauds just because, you know, you got to win those games at home. Uh, Chiefs started off slow, but now they're looking dangerous. They're looking like, you know, that Madden offense, just chuck it down the field. Someone's gonna, someone's there to catch it. Yeah, they're on mm-hmm. a s- seven-game win streak right now. Most points scored in the league. They're back to probably the most electrifying offense in all of football. Last night, Mahomes, 400 passing yards. Kelsey, 191 receiving yards. Best tight end in football. That offense is electric, and it's gonna be, they're going to be a really hard team to stop. Yeah, we, learned that, we also learned that the AFC West is probably one of the top divisions in football. I mean, you look at those, those are the top two teams fighting for first place last night. If the Chargers would have won, they would have taken it from the Chiefs. But then they also got the Broncos, who are a surprise contender too. They could have three teams making the playoffs this year. And I think if Chargers do make the playoffs, they're still Super Bowl contenders at the wild card. 100%. I, th- I like those two teams are probably my two, top two AFC and maybe throw the Patriots in there as well. Yeah, I like those Patriots a lot. Seven-game win streaks as well. Least uh, points allowed in all the NFL. And they, Bill Belichick, I don't know how he did it, but he turned that team around right after they lost Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, it's because he's a genius. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't have his own way of doing things. He finds the players and the strengths of his teams, and he decides, you know what, we're going to go all in on that. And that's exactly why he keeps having success compared to other, other teams that – try to have a coach and try to have players fit their system, he does the opposite and has has players' uh, strengths fit fit into the system that he's going to run for. Yeah, that's just the Patriot way, too. Like, when you can win an NFL game by throwing three passes, that's how you know that you, you have a good team. Because mm-hmm. they win. They played Buffalo. At Buffalo, was it not? Like, 40-mile-per-hour yeah, wins or something? Miles. They threw the ball three times and snuck out a 14 to 10 win. That's a Belichick. That's a Belichick business trip right there. Just go in there and win a rough, tough game. And the thing about that is, they're, it's not like they're playing, you know, a bad team like the Bears or the Jets. They're playing. They're playing the Bills. That's a that's a good Bills team that they're going up against, and they they know they're going to run the ball every single time, and they run it down their mouth, and they win the game. Yeah. I think 
dark horse team, the Miami Dolphins, have built up a little bit of a win streak themselves. Uh, after after losing seven in a row and starting <laughs> off one and seven, they've won five in a row. Coming off a bye, I believe. They're not. I I forget who they're playing, but I know it's a bottom. They're, they're playing the Jets this week. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like the Finns. They have been playing well this year. Young team. I think they're on the come up for sure. For sure. I think it's all because having a young quarterback in Tua, you know he has the arm, like you know he has the ability to play. But having conversations that they're gonna trade for Deshaun Watson in the middle of the season would absolutely wreck a quarterback's confidence because now he's like playing for his job. Now he like and instead of having the support of the team behind him, he had to like fight for himself. And obviously that's hard to do as an NFL quarterback. Because you need all 11 guys and you need a coaching staff around you. But now that they do have that and he has no worries, I think they make a low-key playoff run. I think the uh, uh, the Bills, the Patriots, and the Dolphins all make the playoffs. Yeah, I could see that happening, especially now that uh, they got Jalen Waddle. So now Tua turned the ball over, is looking more like an NFL quarterback. and looking He's playing the way they did at Alabama now that he's more comfortable and he actually has one of his own receivers to throw to that he played with in college. Speaking of like the AFC being packed and all these teams that can make the playoffs, who do we think are gonna like? Who do we think is gonna come out of the AFC in that AFC like championship game? Who do you guys see the matchup as? I see most likely the Patriots or Chiefs coming out just because those two are looking like the most dominant. Um, Bill Belichick and the Patriots have been unstoppable. I think it's seven straight now they've won. Yeah, it is. And so they're red hot coming coming close to the end of the season. There's only a few weeks left and. Same thing with the Chiefs. They're five win or six win streak now after last night, and Mahomes has finally found his step after starting off the season pretty rough. So those are the two teams to watch out for in the playoffs. And if you have to face them on your way in the playoffs, it's going to be tough. Yeah, because those those are the top two seeds. So you know, like those are the two that would likely meet in the championship. So I think it also depends who gets like the six seed and the five seed. So who has to play like. Uh, Kansas City or the Patriots. I think Kansas City is going to make it no matter what, but I don't, I'm not like set on the Patriots being who they're going to be challenging in the AFC championship. I think you could see a team like the Chargers, depending on what seed they get. The Colts have been playing good. They have a really good offense. And then, I mean, I don't think the Dolphins will make it to the AFC championship game, but I think they can make a run. I think they can win a wild card game. Yeah. I, me personally, I don't see how it's not the Patriots. They just have, like, too much firepower. They just, like, they've been winning games. They've been blowing teams out by 30 points, 20 points. And, like, having a big win against the Bills with only three passes. And then just, like, they go, they just churn out wins, and that's all they do. So, yeah, I expect them to uh, make it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of a Titan fan this year. They might be getting Derrick Henry back for the playoffs. Tannehill's starting to look good. They're starting to play a little bit better. A.J. Brown. And uh, Julio starting to get a little bit more healthy. And I don't know, they could be a surprise team, maybe a three or a four seed if they win the uh, AFC South. They could, they could make a run, but I still think that the Patriots are going to make it out of the AFC. And I think we're going to see a Belichick versus Brady game in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, we got to realize we're talking about so much of the AFC. The NFC has so many juggernauts. Yeah, the NFC stacked and it's close everywhere mm-hmm. yeah between the rams the cardinals the packers the buccaneers even i'd even throw the 49ers in when they're healthy cowboys uh, cowboys mm-hmm. yeah i'd even throw a washington football team can make uh, a few surprise uh, upsets in the in the playoffs just with heineke i mean he can do it all 
he's like he's probably the most exciting player to watch right now just because you know you know something's gonna happen whether it's good or bad you know he's doing something electric uh but they got uh, nfc just has so many juggernauts and i feel like it's kind of under the radar mm-hmm. out of the nfc who you guys think is gonna come out out of all the juggernauts who you think is gonna come out alive i think the packers will be in the nfc championship like always but uh i'm gonna have to go with what perillo said taking the box taking tom brady the old men are going to come out of there. You got young guys like Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. Uh, but I just don't think in the playoffs they don't have what it takes to beat a veteran leader like those two. Yeah, and you got to think NFL is a business. What's best for business? Having the Patriots and the Buccaneers play each other. Now, I'm not saying it's all scripted, but I'm saying there's, there can definitely be the refs, like, make a few pass interference calls or miss a few, you know, uh, to uh, – like set that up because I mean that's gonna make the most money. That'll probably have the most viewership. We all know the Super Bowl viewership's gone down, and they're trying to make you know Roger Goodell is one greedy man. He's uh he'll do anything for money. So so I I want to I my Super Bowl prediction is uh Buccaneers Patriots. I think if Hopkins can come back from his injury in time for playoffs, I think Cardinals can make a serious run and even win the Super Bowl. Yeah, early on in the season, that's what that's what it was looking like. They were leading the power rankings through like week seven. They looked like a really powerful offense. Couple injuries, Hopkins, and then I think Kyler Murray. I don't know if he had an injury if he went out with COVID. He's back. Um, so like you said, if Hopkins comes back, I definitely think the Cardinals. I could see them making a run, especially with the way James Conner's been playing too. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people forget about like how. Uh, their stars, even though they have Hopkins, but then they also have uh, A.J. Green, too, coming off an injury with the Bengals. You know, he was great there. He's starting to look like an old self again. Same with James Conner when he was back in Pittsburgh. They're both playing great right now. You know, it's crazy. Uh, when I was watching the uh, the game, I thought James Conner, I could have swore he was like 6'5", just the way he looks, standing next to Kyler Murray. James Conner is only 6'1". That just shows you, like, yeah, Kyler Murray's a small man. Like, it's crazy to me. Like, he looks like this, like, gigantic beast. This Kyler Murray is so small. He's only 6'1". He's probably, like, an average NFL running back. Mm-hmm. All right, before, before we get into our remaining five minutes, I do want to bring up college basketball. And since we don't have much time, I would just go to Big Ten basketball. I think Big Ten basketball has been really underwhelming. They're one of the best conferences, uh, perceived to be one of the best. Um, great defensive conference. Every team that goes in, either team can win. You never want to have a Big Ten team on your schedule or in your bracket when you're playing them in March Madness, but they really haven't looked that good this year. Um, what's up with that? I honestly don't know. I think they just, I think they've jumped the gun, or maybe the preseason uh, rankings are just not accurate. Like every week you see a Big Ten team playing someone from like some random small school that they're going to pay, that they expect to win. Like I looked at the ESPN app a few days ago and I saw Wisconsin was in a barn burn with Nickel State. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure nobody knows where Nickel State is even located, but you know, and Wisconsin's a solid team. So I mean, I think it's just no. I don't think there's really any passion between any of the Big Ten teams, and I don't know other than Purdue. I mean, even Purdue lost, so it's really just going to uh, depend on who wins the tournament, and who can figure out uh, who gets hot in March. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd probably say out of the Big Ten, the best teams are probably Purdue and Michigan State. Yeah, for sure. Those uh, Michigan State's too. only loss, uh, well, only two losses come to top ten teams, one being uh, Kansas, the other one, man, why am I drawing a blank? Was it, I believe UConn. it was Baylor. It was oh, Baylor. Oh, Baylor, right? yeah, they beat Yeah, UConn. and they were both ten-point or less losses to top 
top five teams. So they're definitely one of the best teams in the Big Ten. And Purdue uh, came off a tough loss that moved them out of the number one spot. So the number one spot overall is up for grabs right now. Yeah, my problem with Michigan State is right now I think they're they're definitely a good team. They're re- they're a really good team, but I don't think they're great. A great team has to win those top five matchups. Like obviously you you can't expect to win a top five matchup, but if you're if you're a great team, if you want to be the best, you have to win top five games if you want to be perceived as the best team in the nation. Yeah, and Michigan State they just have a turnover problem right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's all it is really, and. It, you see it all the time. Like even when Cash and Winston was there, they still had a lot of turnovers, and that's what's going to kill them come March. Like they're they're a pretty decent team all around. They got good players at every position, but just when March comes around, I could see them making like a Sweet 16 or Elite Eight run. But I don't see them making any anywhere past that unless they can fix their turnover issue. Yeah, I believe what's more surprising is. Uh just like talk about the Big Ten declining and regressing. Talk about the ACC. Other than Duke, they don't have a team. Like, they they won't have a team that like does anything in the tournament. I mean, there's li- I like I can't like off the top of my head. You think Virginia would be good? They're okay. You think sometimes NC State can pull off some wins on? Them, they're okay. Duke's really the only team that's like playing at a top level where the ACC is like considered like one of the top basketball conferences in the nation. Yeah, for sure. Whenever you think of like best basketball conferences, you definitely think of the ACC up there. But then when you really like dive deeper and look at it, they're they're really not all that. They're really not all that good this year. Same with North Carolina. Uh, just not. Nobody's playing good. All the, all the blue bloods are except for Duke and the ACC are just not doing good. Yeah, I think that just shows that everyone else is in the nation is just really catching up to the Big Ten and the ACC because those have been the two powerhouses forever. But now like the SEC is starting to look a lot better. Auburn, Alabama, LSU are all starting to be good at basketball now along with their amazing football programs. And then, like, even the teams out on the West Coast, like UCLA, Gonzaga, Arizona, they're all starting to look great too. So, Absolutely. Yeah, all right. With that, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. we got about a minute remaining. Uh, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Next time you'll see us before the new year will be – Before we leave, uh, Nichols State is in Thibodeau, Louisiana, Noah, just in case you need oh. to know. Oh, I, I, I didn't I didn't need to know, but thank you for that. Uh, just in case, just in case. All right, all right so, so now we got to wrap it up. Next time you'll see us will be uh, Tuesday. That'll be our last episode before the new year, so make sure to tune in that. So for now, happy Friday and so long, everyone. All right, thank you.